Precious Holy Spirit, we ask you that you dwell today in this place, that your presence will be manifested in us today, that your peace will bring us wholeness with you. Help us to see and understand your word today. Take every human word away and let your truth stand here in this place today. Help us to learn and to hear how to dwell in you, how to dwell in your presence and in your peace, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, good morning. I feel so honored to be with you this morning and to share the word of God with you all on a special, special day. Pastor Andrew said, well, we don't have a lot of people this Sunday morning, 24. So I think he downplayed it a little bit for me, so I won't be as nervous. But um, I'm so happy that you came out today, that you are here, that you came out of your comfort zones, and I know the business of Christmas, and you came here to worship and to, and to unify, be one family, and celebrate the truly meaning of Christmas. And today we're going to talk about the promise of peace being fulfilled. It, you know, as we think about Christmas, I remember when I was young and I had a, you know, we all had that experience, maybe not all of us, but we, some of us had the experience of being in expectation of what Santa had bring, you know, and many times we, were, we didn't get exactly what we wanted. Well, I remember one year I, um, I asked, I, I wrote a letter to Santa and I wanted, Santa went to Puerto Rico, by the way. He goes to different places. And so we, we, I wrote a, a, for this doll that it, it looked like a newborn doll. And I remember that was very important for me that the doll would, can get wet. So I wanted a plastic doll that I could bathe and, and roll that. So I wanted this doll that it, it was very similar to a newborn baby, and I wanted that specific doll. But that's what, that was the expectation, and what I got was this one. <laughs> Not quite the same. I couldn't get that one wet. And so, but he had some changes of clothes and whatnot. So I was looking at the doll as I opened the gift. I was looking at the doll, and my dad was sipping his coffee and looked at me. And back then, you were not—you couldn't be that respectful. You couldn't say, yeah, "I don't like this," you know. That you didn't, didn't say that. So, but he could see it in my face, like, "Oh, this is no well." And my dad gave me a piece of advice that forever changed my life. Um, as I was looking at the doll, he said, "Well, you could." enjoy the doll that you do have, or be upset the rest of the day because you don't have the one that you wanted. And I thought, well, the choice is kind of clear, right? I better enjoy this one because that one wasn't coming. So many times in life, we, we approach life in the same way. We have these expectations these, uh, of how life should turn out. We have these expectations on ourselves that we will have answers to many questions. But in reality, many of us don't. And in reality, 90% of things that happen in life did not happen as we expected. But that's why the gift of peace is so important. Christmas should be the season, the happiest season for Christians. You know, the word out there, they don't know what they're celebrating. 
They think they're celebrating gifts or celebrating trees or celebrating decorations, but we do know what we are celebrating. We are celebrating that we got the best gift that could ever be given to human, to mankind. Isaiah 9 6 says, For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and his name, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince, Prince of Peace. Sometimes we read that scripture and we sing it, but do we really believe it? That is the gift that we celebrate today. We celebrate that we have a, a wonderful counselor, that we have a mighty God, that we have an everlasting father, a prince of peace. So sometimes we cannot enjoy things. We cannot enjoy um, the peace of God because we don't know what it is. So let's define what peace is. According to the dictionary, it's freedom from disturbance and tranquility. Other, other says that it's a state of period in which there's no war or war has ended. But the reality is that even if there's no war in our countries, many times we don't have peace. You know, you can have peace in Ukraine right now. I'm sure there's Christian people who are having peace in Israel, in Palestine. People who know the truth of God and can be in peace in the middle of war. What is the difference then? Why cannot, can we not find it? Many times it's because we are not looking things in the way that should be looked at. But what the Bible says about peace, and this is what the Bible says about peace. Peace is having, now having the right relationship with God. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can have peace knowing that we are okay with God, that we have, why we talk about the birth of Jesus, his death, and his, his um, resurrection, because, because of that, we can have now a straight relationship with the Father. Before, we had to depend on men. We had to depend on sacrifices. Now he was born. He, the biggest sacrifice was born for us. So when God look at us, he will see Jesus. One of, you will see me, you will hear me repeat this over and over again because it's a truth that has shaped my life in so many ways. When God see us, he see Jesus. When God hear us praying, he's hearing Jesus because of this gift that we got, his birth. Because of him, we have the right standing now with the Father, and we can go straight to him and ask for anything that we need. That is peace. We don't depend on banks, not depending on governments, not depending on people, but depending of the one who created everything. That should give us peace, knowing that when we call to heaven, we are heard. That when we cry, he listens. 
he sits there with us. That when we are afraid, he can embrace us and he give us courage. That should give us peace. Another, another um, thing, another thing about peace is that now we can have peace with men. The Bible describes peace as having good relationships with people. 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 13, 11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Now, I can have peace with my brother, my sister. I can have peace with my neighbor whom I may not like. I can have peace with my coworkers that I may not like. I like my coworkers, but you know, I'm just an example. Just clear, just clear. I like everybody here. But you know, sometimes we, we, we cannot have peace because we are at war with people constantly. But think about this. If we are truly have surrendered to Jesus and have no reputation and no prideful, shouldn't be having peace with others? Having peace is about knowing that we are accepted and loved. Maybe not by the people next to us, but by the one who matters the most. Sometimes we cannot get in agreement with people because we cannot let them see what we are hiding. We are at war with ourselves. And we are fighting all the time to hide what we, are, what we, we don't want others to see. But if we give that to, to God... If we give our pridefulness to God, if we lay down the anger and start listening more, we can feel that peace. I remember one day, a um, long time ago, I went to, uh, with my parents, I went to visit this friend of ours who were dying of AIDS. He was a Christian guy. He received Christ and then he discovered um, that he had AIDS. And that was when AIDS was really scary back in the 90s. And I remember him, he was at the, his deathbed, um, but there was so much peace in him. And he said, and he said this, my dad went there to, you know, pray for him and, and you know, um, say goodbye and, and maybe minister to him. But I remember being so ministered by his peace. He said, I am in peace with God. I know where I'm going and I'm in peace with men because I have loved everybody that I, that I could. So I'm okay, I'm ready. And that is the peace that he promised to all of us, regardless. But many times, we cannot experience it and we cannot see it because we're not seeing it in the right way. The peace of the, the disciples. In John 16, 33, he said, he said to you, I said this to you so, that you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage, I have conquer, conquered the world. So something that is promised to us is storms. I don't know why we get so surprised about that. We're very surprised about storms all the time. We're very surprised about problems. And we are surprised, well, I wasn't expecting that, right? But something that is a given, it's that we will have and we will encounter problems. 
He promised eternal life. He promised problems too. Because we live in a falling world. We live that there's contamination and pollution, when there's cancer, when bad things happen to good people. You know, when kids say all the time, well, that's not fair. Who told us that life was fair? Life is not fair. It's not supposed to be fair. But God is. God is fair. We're not. Things are not fair. But he is fair. So the storms come to reveal to us what we are and where we're standing. You know, um, I come from a place where hurricane season is a thing. That's the only seasons we have. We have summer and hurricane season, right? So I, what I, the only thing I used to like about hurricane season, and it was, it's because it's only a season. It's only temporary. But in reality, everything is temporary. Absolutely everything. You are not the same one who went to sleep last night. Today you are a day older. Things that didn't hurt are hurting today, right? <laughs> Maybe you are a little bit, uh, you know, we live a little bit heavier or a little bit more skinny. We are changing all the time. Change and challenges are a given in life. But in reality is, in the middle of all that, he has promised a standing peace, a peace that no one, no one else can have outside of him. And the reality is that the storms, what the storms do is to qualify us to preach the good news. The storms are good. I, I can talk to you about not having water, not having electricity, and living in the dark ages because I lived it, right? I can talk to you about hurricanes. I can talk to you because I lived it. I can be a witness that you can survive it. You can be without running water. You'll be okay because I lived it. So the storms qualify you and me to be the witness of good news. What is the good news? You will be okay in him. You have protection in him. Even when bad things happen, you will be okay. You will make it to the other side with him. That is the truth and the reality. The storms come to maybe undo things in our life that shouldn't be there. The storms come many times to take people out of our lives that shouldn't be there. Take you out of places that you shouldn't be. Maybe to, to reveal to you that you're weaker than you think. And that's good. Because in the weakness, in our weakness, and when we are humble, in the places that we don't know the answers, he, we can see his might. We can see his way. We can see who he really is. We can see what is important in life. We didn't know how important it was to come to church until COVID came. Don't you remember when we couldn't get together during COVID time? We were all missing going to church. But how many times before that day, we said, oh, do we have to go to church? Do I have to go and preach, really? Are they listening? I don't know if they're listening, you know? I remember feeling that way many times. And I tell you, I did the online thing. I hated it. You know, I hated it. I, to, to be preaching to a camera and not knowing, you know, not seeing the faces of people, not knowing, it was, it was horrible. We really missed what was important. What was important, it wasn't about what I wore, 
wasn't important, it wasn't important about, you know, I was going to see so-and-so. What was important is about coming together and worship him. That's what was important. So COVID revealed to us what was important and necessary in life, and that's what the storms do. They qualify you as a true witness of what his power can do in you. It's no good words or eloquent words or degrees that qualify you to be the witness of his power. It's the true standing and you're saying, I have endured with him, the storm. I have made it through because he was with me. And I want to close with this story about Jesus in the storm. And I'm going to read it. I'm sorry, it has a lot of letters there. I'm going to go through it and... Um, I don't expect you to read this, but Jesus was with his disciples in the boat, and they were leaving a crowd behind, and they took him in the boat with them. Other boats were, were together with him, and a great gale arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so the boat was already being swamped. But the, he was at the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was dead calm. He said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still not have faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, who is then this that even the wind and the sea obey him? When, when we read this story, I remember the first time I read that story, you know, I, I felt a little convicted because I said, Lord, if I were in that boat, I would have done the same thing. You know, I would have wake you up. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, we are, we are dying here and we need kind of your help here. But when you read the scripture, when you read the whole chapter, you see many things. First, in the context of the story, these were grown men who had endured a lot of storms. This wasn't the first storm that they see. And, so, and they were the whole day listening to Jesus preaching about faith and about trusting the Father for care. The whole day they were listening to Jesus talking about having faith, having faith, having faith. And in the first moment that their challenge, their faith is being challenged, what they do? Lord, don't you care that I'm suffering? Don't you care that I'm here? That I, that I don't know what to do? Don't you care that I'm fearful? Don't you care? Really? <laughs> that was a question that they asked. So Jesus woke up and, and calmed everything down and asked them a question in return. Why are you afraid? Why are we afraid? What is bothering us? And that should be a question that, that we can take with us today. When we feel that we are losing the peace, ask yourself, why am I afraid? What is really bothering me? Is it this something that I can give to him? Is it something that I need to resolve with him or with others? Why are we afraid? Do you, don't you have faith yet? And we can, I can honestly say we all have faith. All of us, from the younger one 
to the oldest one. We all have faith. We just put it in the wrong places. We just put the expectations and the, and the confidence that we should have in God in the wrong places. But we, should, we are reminded today that we should be still. And that, that is something I was talking to Pastor Andrew yesterday. I love when, you know, that image of Jesus standing up and say, be still. And I, yesterday I could see so clearly the only reason why the wind listened to him and the sea is because the peace was inside of him already. See, we cannot give to others what we don't have. We cannot share with others what we don't have. That's why it's so important for us to remain in peace. In order to be strong, in order to be thankful and joyful, we should remain in peace. We should be still and knowing. Being okay, not knowing. We don't know a lot of answers. We don't know a lot of, sometimes we put a lot of pressure because we want to explain to people why this is happening. We don't know. But we can be still knowing that he knows and that we will be okay in him. And we will be okay because he's our wonderful counselor, our mighty God. We can be okay knowing that he is the everlasting father. Everything in life changes, but he doesn't change. Things, seasons changes, but he doesn't. He's the same today and forever. He will be the same forever and ever. And we can anchor our faith in him knowing that he's the prince of peace. He has conquered peace for you and me. That is the truly gift of Christmas. We, cannot, we shouldn't be afraid of death. We shouldn't be afraid of bad news. We shouldn't be afraid of war because we have a mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace on our behalf. Amen. I hope that this will encourage you today, that as you open presents, as you sing carols at home, remember that you're celebrating something that no money can buy. You're celebrating something that no one else that can take from you because he belongs to you and you are his. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for the wonderful thing that you have done in our lives. Thank you for the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. We have sing about that this whole season. We have singing carols. We have read the story. Let that story and the, and the music and the revelation of your peace sink in us today. Help us to dwell in that truly peace, knowing that we are whole in you, that we are complete in you, that we have everything that we need in you, that what we are lacking is not out on the world. What we are lacking, money cannot buy. If we are missing something, it's you. Help us to reconcile with you if we're not there yet. And help us to reconcile with others if we're not there yet. Help us to be complete and in peace with you in this time, Father. Help us to remain still, waiting on you, and enduring season after season, knowing that you are a mighty God. In Jesus' name. 
name we pray. Amen.